Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, Satan will never tell you or me the outcome of our sin. He never tells us what happens. And when you are smart enough spiritually, you want to be ready beforehand. And you want to think, if I do this, not just sexual, if I cheat at work, if I'm a lazy person at work, if I do this, if I have an affair, if I'm into pornography, what is the outcome of that? You remember the saying, don't touch the fire, you'll get burned, don't you? Did you ignore that warning? That fire hurt, didn't it? Well, people are often given advice like that when they're young. Sometimes it's followed, sometimes it's not. Pastor Mark will be teaching about some of those warnings the Bible gives. Even though the Bible hadn't been written yet, Joseph knew about the principles that God had established. Pastor Mark will be reminding you about your true loyalty, where it should be, and to whom it should be directed. Making God look good should be your number one priority. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39. As he continues his message, Joseph Battles Temptation. I can't tell you how many people since I've been in ministry who have walked away from church. You never see them anymore because something happened in their life. One thing, and they automatically blame God. See, they never saw the big picture. You're going to see at the end today, Joseph could really have been angry at God. But God does everything right. We may not understand it, but eventually you'll see that what was meant for bad is going to be good in your life. Here's the last one. Joseph could have been tempted to live with her and refuse to leave the past in the past. Some of you that I'm talking to, quite often you live in the past. You allow Satan to bring up the hurts. They've already done. They're finished. You ask forgiveness, but he stirs it up. And brings it right back to your mind. When you do that, there is no freedom in your life. Notice, Paul said it like this. Forgetting those things in the past, I press forward. So Joseph couldn't have got up every morning. Well, let's see. How did that go again? Okay, they hated me. They threw me in a pit. I heard them talking about killing me. I was screaming. Next day, how did that happen again? Okay, what kind of a day is that going to be for you? So I want to say to you that if you're living in the past, do whatever you need to do. Ask forgiveness. I'll talk more about that. And let's move to the future together with God. Because you're miserable. And you think the other people are miserable. No, you're the one that's miserable. So notice in every one of those, I did this. 
He could have, but he didn't. We don't see any of that in scripture. He recognized those things that would have happened in his mind, and he goes, I'm not going there. I'm resisting that totally. Now, look at verse 4. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of the whole household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of the household, of all that he had owned, and the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and outside in the field. Now think of that. Wow, that's amazing. He submitted Joseph in spite of the circumstances. He's a slave. He submitted to God first. He submitted to God first. It would sound like this. God, you placed me here. So instead of being angry, I'm going to be the best slave this guy has ever seen. See, he understood. I'll use all my God-given gifts, God, to make you look good. I'm going to be the best worker this guy's ever seen. Now, see, he submitted to God first. Then he worked with efficiency and joy. And other people began to see this guy. And God then honored his work habits with a positive attitude, and he blessed him with advancement. He's a slave, but now, whoop, there's the roller coaster again. The lowest slave, the newest slave, whoop, he's over everything that Potiphar managed. He's the manager over it all in a short period of time, probably a number of, of years at the most. He's right up there. Why? Because God quickly advances him because he put God first and didn't say, I'm going to be a lazy employee. I'm going to be the best where I'm at. I don't like it, but I'm going to be the best where I'm at. Now, let me ask you a question. Here's an application for all of us. Are we submitted to where God has us? Do we work with all of our heart at your work, at your neighborhood, wherever you're at, whatever you're assigned to? Man, I'm not doing that. And people look at you and go, don't get near that guy or that gal over there. They always are passing off work to other people. Laziest person they ever saw. And you know, that person is always trying to get me to church. Well, do you think that makes God look good? You say, well, I don't like my boss. Hey. If you have a job and God puts you there, shut up. Now, if he's doing something wrong, that's very different. But see, God uses crazy circumstances to test our faith. So here's Joseph, definitely worse than any of us have ever been in. I've never been a slave to somebody I've never even seen. So understand this morning, quit complaining. Don't let a bad work ethic ruin your reputation with God. Verse 6 gets even better. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, here we go. Now, Joseph was a well-built, was well-built and handsome. He's a hulk. Here he is. So what do we see? Joseph goes from a young slave boy to a highly respected man in Potiphar's house. He's well-known. He's the talk of the town. And they would say, have you heard about Joseph? This guy's got leadership skills like we've never seen. And his organization is amazing. His wisdom is amazing. So I 
read something this week. Watch how he's gone. Slave, ooh, the roller coaster. There he is at the pinnacle. He's over all of these people. They've been there forever. Slave, he's over them all like that. Look at this principle. This is so true. With a measure of success, often come an even greater measure of temptation. You see, some of us, when we're living out of the high, we're going, praise God. This is fantastic. Everything's going right. Now, if you live long enough, you know there's a ride coming. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Is it going to go higher? I know. Whoop! As I'm talking to thousands of people right now, some are up, some are down. You see, it's not either forever. You're either going up or you're going down. And we're all in that area. So here's, here's Joseph, and he's up. And he's thinking, this is fa- it's just not going to get any better than this. But be careful. I put a kind of a 2018 spin on this. Joseph could have said, I'm going to put my picture on Facebook with Potiphar giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> and I'm sending that picture right to my brothers. Nah, 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 nah. I'm showing you, baby. Get jealous and angry some more. I love it. I want to get even with you. Careful. Here's what I wrote. Joseph could have been tempted to be prideful instead of humble. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, nobody would think like that. (laughs) You've just been hurt? What is the thing we do when we get hurt? We'd like to pay back. All of us. That's my old sin nature. It's yours. So Joseph recognized that, no, that's it. Notice I said he could have. He didn't. That is not the right way to end. He knows that pride is an absolute dead end. Listen to Proverbs. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Joseph also knew that God loves humility. And he knew that his abilities... His manager skills, his leadership skills, they didn't come from him. They were gifts from God. You see, realistically, everything you have and I have, including my time, my talents, whatever God gives me, it's not about me. It's about God wanting to use me to make him look good and to change our world. So James says it like this. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Let me ask you, are you giving in to Satan's temptation of pride? Are you a proud person thinking you're better than someone else? Because you live in a different area, you have a different car, you have a different title, you have different whatever. Careful. You know what comes after pride? A fall. There's a fall coming because God hates it. Everything you and I have comes from God. When you get to know that, then pride leaves. Now, pastors have to deal with pride. Why? Pastors and worship leaders, especially leaders, we have to deal with pride because we're always in front of you. I remember how ugly that is. I fight it all the time. I'm no better than any of you. You hear that from all of our pastors. We're all equal under God because everything I have is a gift from God. My gift of teaching is not me. It's a gift from God. You have the same gifts from God. So thank you for realizing that pride is ugly and Satan loves to tempt us. Now, why does Satan love to tempt us with pride? Because how did he fall? Pride. 
He doesn't want to be the only stupid one. So he comes after us. Now, notice the verse said, if pride comes, what comes next? A fall. Did he fall? He fell a long way. And by the way, he's going to end up in a longer, longer way. It's called hell. He's separated. God kicked him out of heaven because God hates pride. God will never be number two. He's only going to be number one. All hail King Jesus. You got it? Okay. So don't put yourself in that place. Now I'm going to read the last part of six and seven in the New Living Translation. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. That should say something to you. Now watch these words. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Not only does God open doors, I would call this a wide open door. Wouldn't you? Satan is opening a very tempting door. Now, I'm going to ask you a question in a second, and you're probably going to take maybe a minute to think how to answer it. Is, it. is it right or wrong, or how should I answer this? Here's a question. Everybody, just put your thinking cap on for a moment. With those words, I want you to answer yes or no. With those words, and you may have to think about it, was Joseph, an 18 to 20-year-old young man, was he tempted at all? Okay, like... 80% of you are still thinking. There's a problem with that. Either you're 97 and have no clue what I'm talking about. Let me ask again. Here's an, a 20-year-old boy. He's a bulk. Here's a woman that says, come sleep with me. Was Joseph tempted at all? Yes or no? Oh, better, better. I feel better now. I'm talking to humans. Okay. So when, when you see that... I want you to turn to your neighbor, and you don't have to laugh. Just say this to them. Temptation is tempting. Go ahead and say it to your neighbor right now. Temptation is tempting. Will Satan ever say that to you? No. See, temptation, sin, is pleasurable. But the Bible says for what? A short time. Now, let me read from Proverbs 5.3. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Because sin is pleasurable, people have to choose to sin. There's always choices in front of us. That's why temptation is tempting. If sin was immediately painful and harmful, nobody would sin. Absolutely not. But Satan's a great deceiver, so sin is pleasurable, but only for a short time. Now, you understand how Satan has timing. If you're getting ready to go on a diet and you make a commitment, I'm going on a diet, and you're already ready, guess what happens? An hour later, a friend calls, hey, we just got a big buffet on the table. Would you please come and join us at five o'clock? We'd love to have you here. We've got it from A to Z. And you go, no, sir, I started a diet. I'm not going, not even thinking about it. And at 4.30, you're in the car and away you go. (laughs) Am I right? Can I hear an oh me right now? Yeah. So when does the diet start? 
Oh, you're smart. It's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. After breakfast. Woo! Yeah, exactly. So he knows exactly how to get us, doesn't he? Temptation is tempting. Tempting. So why does Joseph know he's vulnerable? Because Satan knows these facts. He's far away from home. He has no accountability person. He doesn't know anybody but really but Potiphar. He's heard about his wife, but he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any other believers. He's in a pagan world. They don't believe in God, Jehovah. So he's far away from home. No doubt, Potiphar's wife's a knockout. Remember, she's a ruler's wife in those days. She's gorgeous. She has all the makeup, all the kind of things, all the kind of things that need to be done. Very attractive, very sexy. Plus, number three, probably as an 18-year-old boy, he's never heard these words before. Come and sleep with me. Say what? (laughs) He's never heard those words before. And that's pretty bold. Does it leave any question what she wants? I know. I don't care what language it's in. It's clear. He knows what's coming. Here's the other thing that Satan knows. And sometimes you and I don't know. Joseph was between 18 and 20. We don't know exactly. His testosterone levels are sky high. That's a driving force for a male and a female. Our sexual drive is related to testosterone. Women have testosterone as well. Now, here's the thing that we know. I remember this from in college when I was studying a pharmacy and all that kind of stuff. Testosterone levels for a young man, they peak at 20. And then they go down the rest of the life. So if you're a young person and you're thinking of dating, you're a young lady, get somebody that's close to 20. Because <laughs> you get somebody close to 40 or whatever, they're going to have to take some pills just to be alive for you. <laughs> Do you got what I'm saying? Okay. All right. So here, here's Joseph. He's 20. And the old hormones are going, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So here's what Joseph says. This is the Balmer translation. Watch this. And Joseph says to Potiphar's wife, let's sit on your bed and talk about it. (laughs) How many of you think that's a stupid move? Can I see your hand? Yeah. I won't ask you how many been there, but... Also, Joseph doesn't say this. Uh, Give me 24 hours to think about it. No, that's the wrong thing. Now, Joseph's going to make an answer, and he's going to resist it. It's very hard. Watch this. Verse 8. But he refused. He had to make a choice. He refused. With me in charge, he told her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to me. He recognized that was not from God. That was from Satan. Joseph didn't say, well, let me work on it a little bit. No, he immediately resisted. And the temptation, and he refused her offer. Now look at verse 39. He continues, why? He says, no one is greater in the house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing? And look at this. And sin against God. 
Joseph saw this for what it was. It was a sin. He knew that adultery was wrong. Man was designed to be sexual only after marriage and then between a man and a woman. He knew this was wrong. And it was not only sin, it was wickedness. Now, notice this statement, wickedness. We don't use that word anymore. Do you know that rarely do you hear the word adultery anymore? What do you hear? An affair. Well, who changed the wording? The world system did. See, affair sounds like a party. It's not a party. Adultery is devastating. Here's a sentence you need to write. Joseph knew this. It wasn't just against Potiphar. But first, all sin, first, is a sin against God. Now, look at verse 10. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now watch this. Or even be with her. Smart move. He knew that this continued temptation, he would have to make decisions, not just once, but numbers of time. And he's going to say this. Do I want to say yes and enjoy this very tempting opportunity? Or do I say no and resist it, knowing that the outcome will not be worth it? You see, the outcome comes from decisions. You've heard me say this many, many times if you're a part of our campus for a long time. The decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. See, Satan will never tell you or me the outcome of our sin. He never tells us what happens. And when you are smart enough spiritually, you want to be ready beforehand. And you want to think, if I do this, not just sexual, if I cheat at work, if I'm a lazy person at work, if I do this, if I have an affair, if I'm into pornography, what is the outcome of that? If you never think about the outcome, you'll fall to temptation way too much. You have to go. I call it putting fences around it, putting fences around it. Now, Joseph's thinking, if I do this, that's going to be fantastic. I'm sure he was a virgin. And he said, this is going to be great. Nobody will know about it. That's a mistake right there. Be sure our sin will find us out. And then he's thinking himself. Notice he said it over and over again. Potiphar. Potiphar made me who I am. Potiphar's blessed me. He's trusted me with everything. I'll lose all that. He'll not only lose that, but he's thinking, I'll probably be killed. I'll be put in prison for committing adultery with my boss's wife. People never think about the outcome. They never think about the outcome. They just do it. And that's because Satan will never tell you the outcome. Today, Pastor Mark taught about how to handle sexual temptations reminded you that all of these trials are intended to build your character. You just have to let them do so. You learned that even though the scriptures hadn't been written down yet, that Joseph was well aware of God's laws. You were reminded that all sin is sin firstly against God before it's a sin against people. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll wrap up Pastor Mark's teaching, Joseph Battles Temptation. You'll find out what happens to Joseph as a result of maintaining his integrity and not sleeping with his master's wife. Pastor Mark will talk about the spiritual warfare that occurs in such situations. You'll discover how God can protect you and what you have to do to make use of that protection. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.